It's the Horrorphoria Podcast. Don't touch that dial. Andy Gilly and John Richards are your hosts of this weekly podcast to rate and review horror movies. Is it good? Is it bad? <laughs> Is it a classic? Find out now. <laughs> Welcome to the Horrorphoria podcast. It is Thursday, April 23rd of 2020. We're broadcasting, well, episode number 59. We're broadcasting from our, hey, was that John Carpenter in the movie we're reviewing today? Studios in Wausau, Wisconsin. I'm John Richards. And Andy Gilly. And we're back together. We just are, you and me. It's just you and I. What are we going to do? We don't have a United third and it feels person there. So good. Indeed. Um, and now there probably be long stretches of silence, awkwardness. Just staring at each other, yeah, just, uh, which works real good in a podcast. Oh, by the way, I hope everybody's uh, doing okay, staying safe out there with this coronavirus uh, pandemic. Uh, we're thinking about you. We really do appreciate you listening. We made it to 207 followers yeah. on our Instagram. Um, a lot of great people out there that uh, enjoy the show. I, I do want to bring up something, though, and I've gotten a question. We've got a question on our Facebook and our Instagram that we have a Patreon page. And no, we don't. We, we, do we work for a radio company. Uh, we have all the great equipment that we need to bring you this uh, podcast each and every week. So we do not have a Patreon, but if you would like to support uh, some horror podcasts, we've got a lot of friends out there, a ghoulish cast, uh, right. uh, straight chilling podcast. Of course, yep. we had Bob and uh, Andy on here the uh, the past couple of weeks, hoping to have Justin on here in the next couple of months or so. But go support those guys, because that really you know goes a long way of them getting equipment and being able to get you these broadcasts. But Absolutely. Um, so you're taking tomorrow off. We normally do it on Friday, which yeah, is the plan. Yeah, we, uh, <laughs> I'm going to fix my, uh, we'll remodel my bathroom a bit. You need a new toilet, don't you? <laughs> I, I need a new toilet. Make sure you get plenty of toilet paper. <laughs> got you, no, I'm, I'm good there. I need one of these wax rings now, I guess. Um, anyway, I'll get one of those tonight. Gotcha. Okay, horror, <laughs> horror movie news. All right. Halloween Kills uh, writer Scott Teams. Uh, he's the co-writer of Danny McBride and David, David Gordon Green. He was interviewed by MovieWeb about the sequel to the 2018 Blumhouse reboot of Halloween and had this to say. I am really excited about it. I saw a rough cut of it a few weeks ago, and I'm uh, I'm a little biased, but my gut says the people that like the last one will be very excited about this one. It's like the first one on steroids, I guess. I guess It's a really bigger, badder, meaner version of the first one. Sounds good if you like the first one, which I think you're starting to not like, right? <laughs> I'm fine with it. Okay. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. You know, when I first saw it, it was like, oh, yeah, this is exciting and it's good. I, I appreciated the fact that it's actually the true sequel of the 1978 film. Yeah. It's like seeing it again, you know, it just didn't really hold up for me. It's not that I think poorly of it because yeah. I thought it was a good movie. And I, I you know, I like the arc of Laurie Strode in it. I yeah. just I'm excited to see Halloween kills and then Halloween ends the following year. So I, I'm fine with it. I'll go see it for sure. It's going to be a big movie. Excellent, yeah. No, I, I really liked uh, the 2018 uh, Blumhouse Halloween. Uh, I haven't seen it uh, for a while now since I think we reviewed it. But uh, It's on Amazon Prime for free now. Is it? Uh, we'll have to check that out um, again. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but I did I did really like it, so I'm, ex I'm very excited about the sequel. And uh, I'm excited about that description of it. So, uh, Bloody Disgusting reports that A24 is auctioning off some of the movie props that you might be interested in, John. Midsummer? You can get the flower dress. <laughs> <laughs> the headpiece from the bear costume from Midsummer. You could get the light from the lighthouse, and they have the carved mermaid 
from the really? lake. Yes. That's kind of awesome. <laughs> I thought it was. Auctions on May 11th. All proceeds go to charity. A24 is in New York and has been hard hit by the coronavirus. Uh, the FDNY Foundation, Food Bank for NYC, NYC Health and Hospitals, and Queens Community House are going to be the uh, uh, charities benefiting from this auction. Good for um, them. That's great. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, props from 8th grade, Euphoria, Mid-90s, and uh, Hereditary. Those aren't horror movies, but... Uh, also hereditary uh, will be auctioned off. Uh, I wonder what that mermaid is going for, man. <laughs> million dollars, probably. I don't have New York money even in quarantine times, man. I will. I will. Oh, I, if it just yes. If I just had, I would give off my stimulus check for the wooden mermaid That's for sure. Cost, That'd yeah, be man. well worth it. <laughs> so, I'll, I'll, I'll take a look at and see what the uh, what the auction is up to. But awesome. Not right. gonna, is that it? not gonna bet on. Nope. Uh, high tension, tension actor uh, Philippe Nahan has passed away. Nahan played the very disturbing killer, uh, the one that we saw anyway. No spoilers. Nahan was 81 years old, died of complications uh, from coronavirus. Did he really? Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. French actor. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah. You ever see High Tension? I've been wanting to watch You've seen that high recently. That's a good movie. I really liked it. Uh, I, 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 I think it was uh, a really good, good movie, and it. Um, you know, yeah, it, it, I, I don't think it, it doesn't, it's very violent. It's very, gory uh, as heck, yeah. gory, but I don't think it ever steps into like that whole French, uh, like the martyrs kind of, uh, torture porn oh, thing. The new French extremity. I don't I, think it, it does a little bit. I think, it, yeah, I think it maybe, I think it started out, it might have started that out. Yeah, I think it was back in early 2000s. I think it was like 2000, I want to say three or five. Yeah. Right. And it's got like that. <laughs> I won't spoil it, but it's got like an ultimate like like twist ending. Uh, yeah, it does. Uh, and I, I, ne- I was never a huge fan of the twist, but um, I thought the ending was a little weak myself. But uh, we won't spoil it. No, no, it's no. a great movie. Yeah, you should go check watch it out. It. Yeah, yep. if you're uh, if you can stomach a little more. Uh, um, gore it's it's that. a brutal home invasion. Oh, yeah. um, it's a really scary home invasion. There you go. That, that in that movie. All right. All right. How about some horror movie trivia? And we talked mm-hmm. about this before we started the podcast. Uh, Tom Adkins plays the character named Nick Castle. It's an homage and direct reference to another movie and actor uh, that John Carpenter directed. What was mm-hmm. it? Well, yeah, I, I, I can't really answer this one because because uh, you. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. So the movie is uh, Halloween. I don't know who played the. Uh, played them in it he was the nick castle the yeah, actor yeah was the original shape of michael myers oh really okay yeah okay in that movie but very good yeah it <laughs> was right. halloween all right uh actress janet lee just like her daughter jamie lee curtis has some real horror movie cred obviously yeah everyone knows about psycho which was a five-star movie right Yes. <laughs> Gave it five stars. Yes, you did. Uh, the 1998 sequel to one of her daughter's franchises was Lee's last horror movie, however. Name that sequel. Oh, I know what it was. Uh, H2O. That's correct. Oh, H2O. H2O. She played someone named Norma. I don't really remember H2 very well. Uh, I think the last time I saw that was in the theater. But uh, she played someone named Norma, which is interesting because, you know, Psycho is Norman, Norman Bates. Yeah, Norma. I don't know. And and another piece of trivia on that. Mm-hmm. The car she drives up in is the same car she has in Psycho. No kidding. Yes. Really? <laughs> That's wow. the only thing I really That's remember awesome. about H2O. Yeah, I don't remember H2O very well at all. But uh, I remember kind of liking it when I first saw it. But that's because we uh, wasn't that the one after uh, six. 
No, no. That's one after Resurrection, I believe. Okay, or no, the well, one no, the, the, that was right after Six. The series had gone so far down the tubes, yeah, and it was like the first quality uh, Halloween we'd gotten like quite a while so that's uh so many inferior sequels to mm -hmm. that and it's in it's pretty sad all right mm -hmm. andy's chainsaw synopsis sure um let's see i got that up here actually a resident a hitchhiker and an overnight dj reveal the sordid secrets of a california coastal town on its 100th anniversary when the spirits of the uh, when the spirits of dead mariners rise up demanding revenge perfect Absolutely perfect. Uh, here is your spoiler alert. We're going to be talking about The Fog. John Carpenter's The Fog, the original from 1980. Uh, much better than the inferior remake of 2005. <laughs> so I found this on Amazon, you know, and I decided to watch it on there. I was pretty impressed with the opening titles. I'm like, wow, how did they do this in the pre-CGI era? These opening credits are like just amazing. It was like uh, um, uh, Invisible Man or something like that, like when it's washing up on the rocks. Then I heard a follow-up boy song and I realized I was watching the wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> So, oh boy! So did you so then I watched watch, I watched the right version. Yes, okay, right did you after watch that the whole thing. I did. Oh, okay. you mean the whole the whole 2005 one? No, I just oh. saw the beginning of it, and uh, you're like, oh, wrong. Was, I'm like, follow up, boy. That doesn't. Uh, they weren't around in 1980. No, they weren't. <laughs> uh, so, what's your what were your initial um, thoughts of this movie? I, I'll, I'll say this for me is that I've got a lot of nostalgia, and it's to know. Um, to no surprise that John Carpenter is one of my favorite directors ever. My, my most favorite horror movie or even movie of all time is the 1978 Halloween. Right. So me, I'm going to be way more generous on this movie. But for you, I mean, I know you've seen it in the past. I have. Yeah. But watching it again and giving a more critical eye, what's your initial thoughts? Well, you know, I have some nostalgia goggles going on here, too. I, I mean, I remember this is this was a creepy movie that I watched when I was a kid. And I thought it was scary when I was a when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. uh, I saw but last time I saw it, I think was on VHS. So, uh, <laughs> and I, I mean, obviously I was like uh, five years old when it came out in the theater, so I didn't see it then, but, uh, that would have been ir irresponsible parenting probably. <laughs> but, <laughs> and, um, uh, but, I, I have I have some I have some love for John Carpenter too. Mm -hmm. And I think um I was kinda of wondering that as I watched this as well. Like how much how great is this movie really? And if if you're a you know, if if you're I don't know in your 20s right now is this really going to appeal to you how scary is it going to really be I don't think it's going to be very scary necessarily uh, but uh that's, I kind of had that thought myself. I'm not sure. And I, and I think I enjoyed it because uh, there was some nostalgia factor for me, too, here. And, yeah, I don't know if I could put that aside. Yeah. Because watching it again, it's like I liked it just as much. Okay. Um, I did notice one thing about it. There's no gore in this movie. There really isn't. No. Uh -huh. and there's, it, there's some good kills. Sure there is. Yeah. Uh -huh. and, and I think there's like, you know, if you're watching this. You're watching this by yourself at night. You're really not supposed to be watching it on VHS. You got this tape from your friend or something like that when you're 11 years old. Yeah, that 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 those hooks and stuff are terrifying. Oh yeah, yeah that's scary stuff. And I, and I I think they are. I think I think like the mariners or whatever you want to call them, the seamen who are <laughs> who are uh, the, salty sea the salty sea dogs who are you know equipped with these hooks and stuff. There's it's still a scary, uh, pretty scary imagery there. Mm -hmm. So. I mean, it's dated. I mean, sure it is. It, yeah, I would say the C the CG that they do use is really kind of laughable. Yeah, I mean, with the, well, the, it's and and that's that's it. Like, 
1980, it wasn't CG. It was it was uh, cell animation, I think. Okay, you know, that's, well, whatever like, it was. They're, they're, right. You know, their post-production. Right. The fog editions. and stuff. It, sure, it does. It, 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 it's very dated now. Yeah. You know, it's, and I think there was a reason it had to be glowing fog. <laughs> you, know, because, that, you wouldn't be able to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's really great I, what I was struck with is there's some really great cinematography in this thing like of the beaches and like that opening shot where, where it's at night and the waves are coming in That's, that was a great shot man uh, it says uh, let's see here I actually put that cool looking ocean shot yes <laughs> you're right yeah and no the, I was struck by that for sure I, um, I really like that it was beautiful this is like mm-hmm. better than anything you would see now I mean you would have to go see a movie like Hereditary or Midsummer right. to see an aesthetic like this where it's mm-hmm. it's real. This is not, you know, they're not in a studio. They're outside in this beautiful harbor town of Central California to be able to, uh, you know, just like it. The way he shot it, because I, I read that he actually uh, did a pamer, panoramic camera to get more, almost like a widescreen. Yeah, and that, that is that is actually, I read that too, where he, he used like super widescreen Panavision on this, gave it more of a big budget feel where, where it didn't have a big budget at all. John Carpenter's yeah. like the original Jason Blum. Yeah, I mean, right. he worked with little to no money. Mm-hmm. I mean, as he got more popular, obviously his budgets got bigger, but I mean, he was able to do a lot with a little. I think he did a great job. Well, you can see like the the costuming on the um, the mariners or whatever we want to call them, it's like they they're almost like dressed like mummies or something. But it's scary, you know. Well, you don't is. notice that unless you're re- unless you've watched it for like the you know tenth time, like like I was doing. And you know, you see this hand come out and it's it's got like bandages on it. What? Well, they were lepers, but, and that's you know. That's, oh, that's right. That's okay. All right. These these were ghosts. Like they were colony of lepers. Yeah. And you know they you know trying to keep their appendages on they would wrap right. their hands or their arms or whatever so they wouldn't fall off but yeah. um that was effective to me I, yeah I, it was scary yeah i, I agree this cast was phenomenal you got a guy like tom adkins he's like the 80s version of the rock or dwayne johnson in horror mm-hmm. movies the guy was a, he was a good looking guy great leading man and you know he killed it in this movie jamie like curtis played something way out from who she was as Laurie Strode. Oh, Strug, yeah, absolutely. You know, of the, the very, uh, very pure Laurie Strode. Yeah. And she was just, I mean, she was more of like this drifter, right. artist, hippie gal. Uh, yeah. But she was great in her. Her mom did so awesome. She played uh, Kathy. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Nancy Loomis. Nancy Loomis has been in many of John Carpenter's movies. Uh, really good kind of a, a, a sub-character. And Adrian Barbeau, man, the bombshell of of the 80s. Yeah. This is actually her first feature film. Really? Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. Um, oh, and Hal Holbrook, you can't go wrong. No, right. Yeah, Hal Holbrook was great as the uh, as the priest. Uh, yeah, so the movie starts out with this old salty sea dog telling a story to mm-hmm. kids to scare them or whatever. Are you a so, poetry guy or a or story guy in Edgar Allan Poe? Because I wrote down yeah, the, the quote they had. It I, says, is all that we see or seem but a dream or within a dream. Yeah. And that's the quote that mm-hmm. starts off the movie. I mean, I'm not a literature guy, but that doesn't seem like it has anything to do with the movie. It seems like it had zero to do with the movie. <laughs> I don't, I, I, it's been a while since I read Poe. I used to be into into him, you know. I, obviously, it's kind of, you know, he's kind of the horror author from the 1800s. So, mm-hmm. um and uh, I, I I couldn't place that quote either. I wasn't sure what they were trying to do there. I, that went over my head. I'm maybe I too stupid it for it. it. 
Now, Rime of the Ancient Mariner is referred to later on. Yeah, that and that makes you know sense. So that that was, and it was you know that that was cool. I liked when that tape recorder started started for whatever reason reciting Rime of the Ancient. Yeah, the albatross around the neck or whatever. Right. Was. Uh, we'll we'll yeah, get to that. Okay. Yeah, yeah you're right. Uh, we got John Houseman. You know, this guy's yeah. like a legendary actor. He's the uh, salty sea dog. Mm-hmm telling uh, a story to these kids around a campfire. So it's modern day or 1980. Right. Uh, he's like, I've got five more minutes to tell a story. A hundred years ago, a dense fog rolled in. A crew of members on a boat saw light in the fog. It crashed. All the crew members drowned and died. And every 100 years, the dead will return. Right. So that's, that's the movie. So this this scene is uh, was added later was. because because they didn't have enough footage, I guess, to make a 90 minute movie. That's right. Because didn't they say it was only originally 80? <laughs> yeah, it was like 80 minutes long when they when they finished it and they went, they actually went back and and it was also rated PG. Oh like, wow! So they went back and tried to make some things scarier, and this is one of the scenes they added uh, to lengthen the movie, at least. I thought it added it. I added sure. it to the movie. I, I think it was fine. I, I don't. I don't have a problem with it, but that, that's uh, that's where it came from. It was just a kind of a filler to get more. And obviously, it's cheap to film. You just got this these kids, and you know this yeah, guy set them in a studio somewhere, exactly on a like beach or whatever for five minutes. Exactly, it's, it's a cheap scene to film, and uh, you know it, it adds. I I, th- I don't think it adds five minutes. Actually, I think I heard it. Only, it's only like a two and a half minute story. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't the five minutes that he said at the beginning. Right. I've got five more minutes. It's eleven right. fifty five before midnight. You know, whatever. Right, and then then. So after that, we are kind of introduced to it's um, the guy driving along. uh, um, Nick is is driving along in his car. Right. And he's listening to Stevie. Yes. Yes. It's like an old time DJ, like kind of near my heart. Because I know I think that's why you like this movie. Right. Is your night guy like this? All smooth. Back in the day. I mean, (laughs) I I think I have more appreciation for it because it's my job. Sure. Uh, so KAB, it's got some three-letter calls, man. That's a heritage station, right? KAB. <laughs> and it was on, on the AM dial, thirteen forty. Right. Obviously, yeah, yeah. It's a heritage station, man. Three-letter so calls because they're they're playing nothing but jazz. Yeah, that it's yep. cheaper to buy the jazz. That's right. The, the rock. Yeah, they they were able to get the jazz music for the station. That's why it was a jazz station instead of a rock station. But yeah, so this this uh, DJ is kind of like Wolfman Jack or Venus Flytrap. She yeah. comes in and uh, you know says some smooth things to <laughs> it's kind of that feel to late night diva or whatever yeah, yeah exactly we go to the church uh, where we first meet uh father malone played by hal mm-hmm. holbrook the dude is just like pounding back the booze uh here we go we're, we're going to get introduced to our director john carpenter that's in right. scene because he plays the uh, assistant bennett that's right and they have an interaction of uh yeah so when do you need me back yeah i need you back on tuesday well hey instead of coming in at four because he asked for his pay you can come in at six <laughs> yeah. so that was john carpenter at the beginning of the movie that was uh that's pretty cool i thought john carpenter looked a little like Inigo montoya in that scene <laughs> <laughs> it's the 80s and he's got darker hair obviously he's a 76 year old guy now and he's he's great and he still has long hair yeah. and his mustache. He did. He did, man. I thought he thought he was going to kill. Uh, I killed his father and he was going to kill me for it or something like that. But and there's um, a anyway. jump scare in this, too. Yeah, because this is where like midnight hits and things start going haywire in the, in the entire town. But, mm-hmm. it, you know, we're in the church setting right now and things start shaking and stuff yep. like that. And part of the wall falls off and he finds this journal. Right. And uh, it, it's the journal of 
uh, Father Patrick Malone, who happens to be Father Malone's grandfather, April 30th belongs uh, belongs to the dead. Yeah. Or something like that in there. So it was April 21st, wasn't it? April 21st. I, I think yeah. I got it wrong. Yeah, because I was like, oh, I missed this by one day. Is this why John picked this for this week? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Because he's because when the guy's telling when the old salty sea dog's telling the story, he says it's April twenty first. You know, because uh, April twenty first is coming up. I think I mistyped it. So yeah, yeah. you're right. It's yeah. April twenty first. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, is that why John picked this for this week? Is he <laughs> no, that I, good or what? I, wow, he picked that date out of there. <laughs> but yeah, but, that's yeah, exactly then why I did. But then <laughs> we see uh, th- that. Then the Sam story. You're right. The uh, the church scene is first, and then uh, we have the hitchhiking scene where Jamie Lee Curtis is picked up by uh, Nick Castle. Yeah, we get to that. I mean, you just, you kind of see what's going on in the town as far as like uh, electronics going, hey, why all the phones are going off. Yeah. Um, you know, a guy is cleaning the grocery store and he takes a, man, what a jerk. He takes a drink out of a yeah, store, puts it puts back. Puts it back. But everything starts it. shaking. It's almost like an earthquake and, and all the electronics. So to me, this was the lore of what paranormal activity is. Mm-hmm. You know, where they say that um, ghosts use mm-hmm. elect, uh, electromagnetic magnetic fields to to um, appear, right. and and when they appear, things get colder, and that that's played throughout the movie. That that electronics break down, and all their gauges like go haywire, and they right. always mention, "Do uh, do you feel it? It's getting colder out here." Mm-hmm. So I thought that's the lore of of anything paranormal. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's um, so, yes, this is where we get to uh, um, Nick, who's Tom Atkins, yep. uh, picks up Beth. That's right. The Wanderer. Mm-hmm. They have a great conversation, though, because it's <laughs> she, she goes, I got to ask. Are you weird? He goes, yes, I am. That's and they're right. just drinking beer. So yeah. So he, ta- she takes, she is like totally different than Laurie, Laurie Strode here. She like takes a sip of the guy's beer. Mm-hmm. No current affairs back then, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then she, and then he, she asks, asks him this. Maybe you should ask that before you get in the car. Yeah. I don't know. But, but you know, obviously he's, he's uh, not, not a like psycho or anything, which is, um, I, I, I don't know. It, it's a strange lesson about uh, hitchhiking. In this, I don't know if it, it, hitchhiking was like this in the 80s. You actually met cool people and could hook up with them or what? <laughs> but, but didn't anybody back in the 80s watch the 1974 I, movie called The Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Right, you know. Hitchhikers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So so I I, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, they, they seem to hit it off kind of as, as they. Uh, <laughs> yes, they did. Yes, they did. Prom, promiscuity, I guess, was big back in the 80s. Yeah, it's this is not something Laurie Strode would do. Nope, she wouldn't. <laughs> so, uh, what do we got? The radio station warned about the ship and the uh, warned the ship about the fog bang, which I thought was kind of interesting. They're actually trying to communicate with the ship from the radio station. Yeah, they just basically <laughs> say, "Hey, anybody, uh, this must be like the ultimate fisherman's town." Or yeah, something right. Like you know, I, th- I thought it was kind of an interesting, and I wondered if like there was some truth to this if, if that the, you know in a coastal town I mean you live in California you know what, the, what these coastal towns are like well radio was I mean as far as information 
you know, it was all about you got your traffic, your news and everything else. Yeah. I mean, you've got so many other medias today where you can get all this other different like right. us living in a small town. I don't need to get on the air and say, hey, uh, you know, you got to watch out for uh, 39 because not very many people are on 39. Right. There's going to be accidents. But right. No, no. Back in the day is like like radio was all everything. Well, news this, and, right. and especially to be local. Yeah. And this and this is before cell phones and things like that. So they're, they're actually I thought this was really interesting. They're communicating with the ship through the radio station to get them trying to get these guys on the uh, boat some information about the weather well yeah because the guy dan uh, yeah he's like the weatherman or meteorologist yeah and he's also a massively creeper p1 (laughs) i mean come on the ultimate listener to a radio exactly Um, no no but dan actually played uh sheriff brackett in halloween oh really yeah okay he's another guy that was in (laughs) halloween really okay so yeah i mean i know a lot of Maybe you've dealt with some P1s like this. And yes, a P1 is like a uh, the huge list, the ultimate listener of a radio station. That's what this Dan is. He he listens to the station, obviously feels some connection with uh, with the radio uh, personality. With Stevie. Yeah, with well, Stevie. He's flirty. I mean, and it's I guess all so. over the phone. He, but he's, he's very persistent about asking, are you going to the party tonight? Hey, can I take yeah. you out for dinner? And she's right. like, no, I'd rather just talk on the phone. Right. I mean, and I obviously know a lot of radio personalities, and especially, but not limited to women who get hit on like this. And just don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. No. Please <laughs> you know? don't do that. Right. Exactly. There's another funny line in there when she does like, um, you know, like on the radio as these guys are listening and everybody's listening. He's like, OK, there's a fog bank coming in. And the three fishermen on the boat are like, there's no fog bank. Some guy right. looks out the window and he goes, hey. There's a fog bank. <laughs> yes. And that's exactly how he says it. <laughs> there's no fog bank. Hey, there's a fog bank. Yeah, this is where we get introduced to our ghosties. Mm-hmm. You know, Blake is like the main main antagonist, the guy that, you know, got plotted against and he's plotting his revenge or whatever. Uh, it's a ghost ship. It was actually a cool looking ghost ship. It was. Came in, yeah. You know, back from the 1800s. And it's just kind of yeah. ominously floating up and comes out of nowhere. And the fog rolls in. You can't even see five feet in front of you. And you just see these figures coming at you. Yeah. And, and they've got these, you know, old style weapons. Uh, they got a sickle. They got a, knife, right. a sword. They got a sword. Right. No. And that, that was a that was a creepy scene. I was to this day, I think that holds up. I mean, it was, it was a scary scene. It was. It was great. Yeah. I mean, and again, you saw these guys getting killed, but there was no gore to it. Yeah. Or there very little blood, too. And, and right. it's just you see them get killed but the, the the way the camera was positioned i bet you if they put this movie the same exact movie out today it would be pg-13 simply for the fact of the language and sure. the content as far as oh, yeah. the way it's these people supposed got to killed. be scary right and whatever um, it was mm-hmm. great though i mean it, it was still mm-hmm. effective to this day like andy said this is all practical too yeah these, these people were just made up perfectly yeah yeah I, I really think the costuming was was really good with what, what they had to work with i mean even with even if they had more to work with, I mean, it, it's great costuming, no, just period. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I think I, that was a scary scene, and you, you did like I, uh, you see they have these swords and stuff. It, it was, they're obviously you know, Pilots. yeah, it, it was scary. I I, yeah, I thought I, it was I very effective. That scene. Um, so we're going through town, and it's the only thing that felt really bloated to me is they really. They jump from character to character or, yeah. or scenario to scenario. I like the way they tied it in a bow at the end. But, I mean, it was just like it was a lot to follow I mean, mm-hmm. as far as these different characters. So Nick and Beth are 
in bed. Um, you know, she's <laughs> yeah. she's looking at his heart. And I was like, wow, that 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 was <laughs> that would not happen to me if I picked up a check. I can guarantee that. I'd I'd be more like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre experience for me. I'm sure. <laughs> exactly. So you see the fog roll over to to Nick's house, and then you you hear this banging, this very very loud, annoying banging. And Nick's putting his clothes on. He's getting ready to go out, and the doorbell rings, and then the clock breaks. It malfunctions again. Yeah. So again, you know, this is where, like, I started my my adult brain goes, oh, so that's the lore of a ghost, a yeah. spirit of of using this energy to manifest itself, and that's why these th- these things are breaking. Right? Why it's getting cold? So it. it uh, I, thought, I thought this scene where he's up again, uh, he's coming to the door was was pretty scary too. You know? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought I thought it was a. Um, to the, I, th- I thought it held up. Like oh, it was, shadow, shadow. Yeah, and he's he's got brain. that hook, and you know he's scratching on the door with it. That's yeah, majority of the fog was practical too. I mean, there are some scenes where it's like like an outside shot of you see the fog rolling in, and you know it wouldn't have looked great if they did anything else. So it, I, know, I, I got a fog overall look good. It's been a long time since I saw. I knew know what you did last summer, isn't that one where the guy's got a hook? I think I feel like they homaged some of that. All kind of like Candyman does. Yeah, you know, I, I feel like they homaged some of this uh, with him like scratching on the door I, and stuff. I, John Carpenter, I mean, he he's, mm-hmm. you know, we've talked about him in, in a past episode where he's, you know, he revolutionized horror movies. Yeah. I mean, just that's who he was. Yeah, um, absolutely. Wait, so what is Janet Lee in this movie? What, what is she supposed to be like the the town like marketing person or what? <laughs> yeah, something like that. She she's like the. Yeah. I mean, I guess somebody that that's because um, her husband's Al, one of the fishermen. Yeah, that's right. Um. She almost seems like a like a. But she's getting like ready for this statue to be unveiled and stuff, and she's like a, almost like a lieutenant mayor, maybe. That's what it seemed like. I, I couldn't figure out if she was the mayor. In fact, I couldn't figure out what a lot of these people's roles were. Uh, like Nick, what, what does he do? You know, I, I, he he had said that he had prepared the boat like three days before these guys went missing and yeah, stuff. So maybe he was a mechanic on the boat. I, I don't know. I mean, the only, the DJ is the only one that I really I know what her job is and what her role in the community is. But what well, the girl Sandy that uh, Nancy Loomis played. She was like an assistant to Kathy. Okay, yeah. Then I got that idea. But what was Kathy? I mean, what was, exactly. We, well, we so know the anyway, was he was the priest of the town. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, we go to the next day. We see we meet um, um, Stevie, the DJ's son, Andy. Yes, Andy. <laughs> he's going fishing, and this to me was kind of a cool scene. It was it was a small scene, but he sees this um, gold coin. Yep. And the water washes over it, and then it becomes. Uh, a piece of a board from a ship and it just mm-hmm. says Dane on it. So he picks it up and takes it home. Right. I thought that was a cool scene. That, that was a cool scene. I, I like the, and I, I was impressed with how they did that scene because like, you know, without any CGI or anything, this water washes over this thing and this, this uh, board appears or whatever. It was, it was a good effect. I thought it was good. I mean, the cuts yeah. were perfect on this. It was. I, 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 it was great. And this is like, this is like the scene where the aesthetic just looks gorgeous. Yeah. You see the right. mountains, like the, the one shot where he pans from one side of the Harbor to the yes. other, where you see the mountains yep. and you see like trees below and the whole harbor and then another side of the mountain was like oh my gosh that brought me back home because i'm from san diego right i just i was like wow that was breathtaking yeah it it really was i mean and yeah he's using this panavision camera to to the max here great cinematography yeah and then we get introduced to kathy williams that's uh janet lee so we don't know who she is but she's obviously planning this centennial for the town right um you know her, her lackey is sandy 
And yep. they, so they've had this statue commissioned of, uh, it must be... Uh, the boat. The, okay, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was the boat. Um, so they go over to over to the church because she says something like she's uh, going to renovate the cemetery. So her next project, yeah, oh, she must be part of the historical society. Maybe that's it. That, because she, that said, seems she right. says something about mm-hmm. yeah, the renovate her next project's the renovation of the, okay. the cemetery. All right, that would make some sense. Yeah, uh, but they have this conversation Sandy and Kathy do in the in the car on that drive over and talking about how Al didn't come home last night. He was one yeah. of the fishermen. Yep, and that her dog was barking all night from midnight to six in the morning, mm-hmm. and you know obviously stuff was going down there they get to the uh church father malone yeah and what is with this father malone jump scare here he like comes out of the darkness oh like a creeper <laughs> yes what, the, He's like standing right what was this comes i know he like comes out of the darkness and like is yeah, like, goes, hello <laughs> it's like what <laughs> i mean it was it made me laugh too it was like a totally unnecessary jump scare i mean he's not threatening or scary or anything it's just like boom he appears you know <laughs> like i mean it was like if that had been a like actual uh, antagonist or monster or something that would have been terrifying. It was a great jump scare. <laughs> it was just kind of wasted on, on the fact that it was Father Malone just saying, hey. Yeah. <laughs> you know? like, well, and, and this is also one of those things where it's like, it, it felt bloated with so much characters. I mean, because you you, you got to see some development and find out who these people really are. Well, and that, that was my, kind of my, what I'm saying. Like, I didn't I didn't catch what Nick did. I didn't understand what Janet Lee's character did. I I just wasn't understanding what the purpose of some of these characters were. Yeah. I, other than to advance the plot of you know of the fog yeah. of the movie. Well, they were there. They were set pieces for the centennial. Uh, yeah. Of this is why this is why the fog is coming in. Whatever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what Nick and Beth they charter a boat yeah. to go find the other one. Uh, they're they're doing a search. They can't find anything. It looks as if it's been underwater or it's been out of commission for months or years or whatever because like things are uh, rusted. Um, you know, they have this. There's this kind of cool dialogue where where uh, Jamie Lee Curtis says, "You know, I feel like I'm bad luck." And then Nick kind of shares this story about his dad. And a ghost ship or, or just a ship that he's never seen before. Nobody was aboard. He ended up finding one of these gold coins and That's put right. it in his pocket yeah. and it disappeared. And this was the first jump scare for me was that body falling out. Yeah. Yeah. And that was a good one. And in the it, it almost looked like a, like he was wearing a Michael Myers mask. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it was eyeballs were cut out. Yeah, it was it was a creepy it was a creepy scene. Um and great scream queen scream from Jamie Lee there. Oh, that's exactly why she is what, who she is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the, the what, what? They, they, I think with this is, is this is the next scene is the one where we have the piece of wood. She takes it down to the, she she walks down all those stairs to the and this seems like a lot of fluff too where where she drives to work. Oh yeah, just extra speed. <laughs> she like, like, she, she likes like mountain, which was beautiful. Yeah, and it, it was good. Like I said, it was good cinematography. She walks down all these stairs. Which it's like, if I was like, first of all, I was like, man, that's what you had to do to go to work today every day. What happens if it rains? <laughs> like, it's been raining a lot in California. And so. secondly, I suppose not. You, you, that's true. Uh, and I, I, one thing that that was great for me is she's listening to imaging, like yes, the, the different the, the voices right. of. Uh, what, what was it? K A. It, it was K A. 
Uh, KB. KB, I think, yes. KAB, 1340 AM. <laughs> KAB, right. like the guy doing different voices. So to me, yes. that was like part of my job. Right. Oh, yeah, you're right. There was a lot of fluff in this. So, um, but I, lo- I loved that she set this. First of all, I love the tape recorder because remember those from oh, the yeah. 70s? You know? I bet you my parents then, have a tape recorder of me and my buddy. Like taking it like around the neighborhood and us cursing into it with, with our kid voices right, yeah. saying the F word and the S word and just you know <laughs> and, and and now you get fined if you say that during your job. That's exactly right. <laughs> so, so I said it then. So um, so yeah, off of the air, John and I t- are are terrible. But yeah. um, anyway, um, anyways, so there's this. It's a pretty good effect too, where the water comes out of this board. Yeah, it's that's just like, from like the Dane. manifesting itself. I mean, it gets all over all their carts. Yeah, all over. <laughs> See, we're doing all really, these inside jokes. Really so, so water's manifesting everywhere, and then there's this kind of cool uh, effect where it's like a, it's almost like a firework or a firecracker yeah. above this piece mm-hmm. of wood that says Dane, and uh, and then it says Six Must Die. Yes, and it was mm-hmm. like a hallucination from from Stevie, and they, everything goes back to normal. Mm-hmm. And then the, you know, the that's where you hear the uh, rhyme of. The, yeah, the rhyme of the ancient mariner uh, starts playing on the, and it's it's pretty creepy. Like, uh-huh. it's kind of like the this imaging is going on, the uh, you know the station identification type stuff. That, yeah. Uh, and then all of a sudden it cuts to this like uh, just creepy voice, pretty though. creepy voice reading rhyme of the ancient mariner, which is kind of creepy if you read it if you read it in a creepy voice, you know, and you don't know what it is. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> that was a great scene, and uh, it was so, great. Scene. So six must die. Uh, you kind of find that out a little bit in the scene previous to that because it, it switches back and forth uh, with uh, with um, Nick and Beth on the boat, and then um, Kathy and Sandy with uh, Father. Uh, what's his name? Um, Malone. Malone, mm-hmm. and, and he's reading from this in uh, from this journal of his of his grandfather. So you know his grandfather was not completely innocent of anything. Right. We find out later. Well, and this is where we find out that it was actually a leper colony, and they crashed this. So he was this guy was going to build this leper colony, right, mm-hmm. out on an island or something like that. That was like a mile away from town. Yep. Is that correct? And then uh, take all his money. So they they purposefully crashed his boat onto the rocks and then stole his gold. Yep. And so that's and that's. And and that's the, yeah, that's what they build. They uh, used to build a church and to found the town. Actually, so the the entire town is kind of founded on this uh, blood money. Yeah, and the gold disappeared, <laughs> and they mentioned that, and yeah. we find out where it went later. Um, yeah. So Father Malone actually says, uh, "You're honoring murderers." Right. And then this is a cool scene because uh, the autopsy of Al. I'm assuming that's the husband of Kathy. Yeah. So. Um, um, the doctor and and Nick go out outside, and uh, why Jamie Lee Curtis is sitting with a corpse by her side? Yeah, I, I didn't understand that. <laughs> I thought she that just, was a little cavalier just, with the yeah, dead body yeah, too. She's just sitting there staring <laughs> outside a window, um, and and Nick and the doctor are having this conversation. It's like you know this guy looks like he's been underwater for a month, but I saw him yeah. three days ago. Right. Like the the you know the way he. Um, decomposed and everything like that he's been underwater for a month but he hasn't been you know his eyeballs are out and then you see this corpse reach for a scalpel Mm -hmm. it's going after jamie lee curtis another great scream queen (laughs) scream yeah um they come in and then all of a sudden he falls over and scratches three into the floor Mm -hmm. and then you come to find out that you needed six sacrifices, and there were already three. So it was the three guys on the boat so far. Mm-hmm. 
So then we go to the Centennial and this kind of creeped me out. And I forgot how much because it was it, it disturbed me when I was a kid watching this is the foghorn throughout this last third of the movie. It, it, it like is. It's pervasive. It it's is. really a it's really quite an effect, man. I mean, you hear it throughout the entirety of the end of the movie. And you don't. Yeah, you don't. It doesn't go away. It, no. And, and it still sends shivers up your spine. Mm -hmm. You know, um, so Dan comes into work, who's the weather guy, calls Stevie again, says, OK, well, you got another fog coming in. Uh, it's kind of weird because. The wind's pushing east, and this thing's heading west, and it's yeah. going against the wind. I got it. Were guys in the seventies really this misogynistic man? He's calling her like sweetheart and stuff, and like well, you think he just continues to be. 70s, it is the late seventies. Well, yeah, I mean, this is nineteen eighty, so we're talking the late seventies here. I just, um, I didn't feel bad for him when he got murdered because, uh, you know, of my 21st century sentiments about guys like that. Yeah, I didn't feel bad about it either. I don't know. But, but uh, being so macho about it. And she he really was. Hey, listen, do not stay on the phone with me. And yeah. Yeah, it's some, some jerk face out there, some drunk or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're tapping on the windows and then some guy knocks on the door and he's like, oh, yeah, some drunk dude out here is like trying to mess with me and then he turns around another jump scare because as soon as he turns around there's no musical interlude to it it's like bam and then he gets hooked to the neck again right. you don't see any blood you right. don't see any gore right uh so there's what victim number four yes uh, the fog starts rolling to stevie's house uh stevie's son andy Andy yeah. uh, is stuck with the uh, babysitter there. So the fog's kind of surrounding the babysitter's getting really concerned and says, Andy, go close all your windows. And again, I, I don't know the mentality of people in the eighties, but man, there were movies out there before we don't answer the door. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> so there's that knocking again with like one of the tools, uh, the babysitter, an elderly lady, mm -hmm. uh, she goes to answer the door, tells Andy to go to his room and lock the door. Um, the ghost grabbed the the babysitter. That's victim number five. Yep, that was a pretty good, uh, pretty scary kill too. I mean, it was. they just like grabbed her out from the from the fog. The arms came out of the fog, and yeah, and the shot of it was fantastic. The shot was really good. Because yeah, you're, you're like at an angle, and you're you're kind of back, mm -hmm. but it's like wow, yeah, and you saw everything. I mean, yeah. it was a great shot of of the kill. Um, so Stevie's freaking out. She realizes that this fog is heading towards her house. Um, the power had gone out at that time, right? Yes. And, uh -huh. and, and telephones and stuff like that. But she was able to get the generator going, so she's able to yeah. broadcast. So you could still hear her if you're in the car. So happens to be Nick and um, Beth are in the car. They hear her cry for help and say, my address th is this. Go, I need my son. His name's Annie. Here's the right. address. They go over there. Uh, Nick gets the kid out. Uh, they get stuck in the mud for a little bit, so nice little tent. Yeah, that was that was kind of hokey. I thought it was a little. Silly, yeah, there was no rain or anything. No, there was no. But there happened rain. to be. They happened to drive into the one mud hole in the uh, exactly. California uh, driveway there. So yeah, they get out of there. Um, they decide to head, or, or no, Stevie on the radio is telling everybody go to the church because that's the safe spot right now. Go to the church. So they go there, and then Sandy and Kathy are there. Yes, and. You know, now here's here's our big, big ending. Right. Because the fog surrounds it. And I don't know why, but they say, well, the only thing that could save us right now is this journal. Because the F Father Malone won't look at it just because he can't look past it. 
but they end up reading is like, oh, I stole the gold and I, I need to give the gold <laughs> right. back. And I think I think, you know, this Blake guy is going to come after me for the gold. <laughs> right. So, so they so they get the gold. Which they is, do. Uh, and what was it? Andy? It was it was uh, he had melted it into a large cross. Yeah. Which was interesting. A large. I don't know. You, I don't I don't really know. Uh, I hate to pick on physics and science in movies like this, but that'd be darn heavy. <laughs> With all that gold? <laughs> all that gold. Oh, yeah. I mean, this cross is, um, you know, as at big least, as his chest. At least four feet high. At least four feet high. I'm, I'm not sure about the... three feet wide. Yeah. I, 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 don't remember, I don't remember geology. Gold is really heavy. Yeah. <laughs> but... So they, uh, they find out via this journal, um, you know, they read more into it. They needed six victims, or they, and they, they started counting them down. You know, it's this guy, this guy, this guy from the boat. Uh, it's the weather guy. It's, uh, you know, the kid says, oh, yeah, it's Mrs. What's-Her-Name, my, my babysitter. Okay, so they need one more. So, you know, Mr. Uh, Martyr himself, uh, Father Malone, grabs this thing, and he's lugging it around. So he goes out to where all the ghosties are, and, like, he calls out Blake. Right. He says, Blake, um... You know, I have your gold. I'm returning it to you, and I'm sacrificing myself. Mm-hmm. And then Blake grabs it, like the ghost of it. And this is where you yeah. see their glowing red eyes, like yep. you see on the the, uh, the uh, cover. Yep. Yeah. So <laughs> VHS cover. It, and there's like this like big light. Yeah, and I, I liked this scene too. That wasn't bad. I, I thought that was pretty creepy, and I would have been pretty creeped out in the eighties to see like the way the light was shining and the and his expression, Father Malone's expression during this. It felt like an electrocution thing, like, almost. Like, you like know, he was getting electrocuted. Yeah, and then uh, Nick comes and saves Father Malone. Pulls right, him, just pulls him off this thing, and, and then like everything disappears, including the gold and Blake and all the rest of the ghosts. And then the fog starts lifting. Now, the one problem I had is that the the fog did end up meet, uh, going to the radio station, right? So mm-hmm. it comes over. And it looked kind of cool yeah. the way it's coming over. And then there were like two ghosts in there. And <laughs> Stevie gets away, but she climbs to the very top. Yeah, the top of the lighthouse, right. Like, like she can't go nowhere. Right. And there's one ladder up there. Right. Well, apparently there wasn't, but there was one. Yeah. She goes up there and she sees another ghost coming to get her he see, mm-hmm. she sees her hand with the sickle and then there's another one with like another hook mm-hmm. that just all of a sudden appears and puts it into her shoulder and she's right. fighting them off but you know, like before they're going to kill her everything disappears because the gold has been returned right um, but that's not all <laughs> you know she gives right. this little monologue of look for the fog or whatever um, so we go back to the church everything is serene and quiet all of a sudden behind Father Malone you see the Fog coming back through. Uh, he turns around. All the ghosts are there. Doesn't realize that uh, Blake is behind him with his sword, eyes glowing red, and yep. getting ready to slice his head off and cut to black. Yep. End of movie. That's the end of the movie, right? Yeah, I, I assumed he was decapitated, too. It looked like he was swinging for his neck. Yeah, I think they actually <laughs> needed a uh, the sixth victim for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, uh, it, it, this is a nostalgia movie for me. So, Andy, I, I, I kind of want to know your thoughts first of what you're going to give this. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's a, a competently done horror movie. Um, I I think I'm just I'm just kind of wondering what today's audience would think if they hadn't had an experience with this movie when they were younger. You know, if you hadn't seen this when you were a kid, like I have, it's it's hard for me to like, uh, you know, take myself out of that. And 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 because because I, 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 you know, I, like I said, I have some nostalgia for this movie and I saw it when I was younger and I was scared of it. But when I was younger, you know, mm-hmm. um, 
So, I mean, I get, I think it, the cinematography, the way Carpenter used his budget in this is amazing. It does not look like a cheap movie. You know, mm-hmm. it looks like a, your typical 80s horror film, yeah. you know, like, like as far as budget wise goes. Yeah. Um, it, it does not look cheaply made. And, um, you know, I give it three stars. I think it's a, a well done horror movie. It, it I think it it is scary. Um, I, I'm not sure. I just I'm just not real sure how scary it would be for today's audiences if there wasn't this uh, nostalgia component to it. I don't know if it's necessarily that. I think I think that uh, that horror has come a long way with the influence of guys like Wes Craven, John Carpenter. John Carpenter, right. Um, all these other directors and, and the evolution of horror movies. I absolutely pe- think people would get a lot of enjoyment out of this, whether it's, mm-hmm. you know, you, you like the aesthetic of it or you do get those jump scares. You know, it's it's an easy story to follow. The character buildup is bloated. I mean, it's yeah. just, you've got so many characters coming at you, yeah. but they all do a very, very competent job of, of, you know, presenting the story. The dialogue to me was great. Um, you know? I would agree. I didn't have a lot of questions with it. It wasn't like, well, yeah, you can ask the question of who's Kathy or, or Janet Lee's oh, character. Yeah, who, who exactly is she? But right. it's not really. Does it really matter? Things. No. I, it's I not going to hurt the plot of the movie. No. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of people will get. I'll tell you, the only reason I thought about it is because I'm writing these notes and I'm like, well, tomorrow when I say, you know, Nick is a blah in the town. No, no, no. You're, you're you know, that, right. otherwise I wouldn't have thought of it at all. You're I mean, I don't it, right. it's not important to the plot one bit. You and know, I don't true. care what he does. Otherwise, I just, you know, in trying to prepare to talk about this movie, I was like, well, what the heck is Nick? You know, that's the only reason I thought about it at all. Right. I think this is one of John Carpenter's better movies. I mean, Obviously, and I said it at the beginning, you know, Halloween is my ultimate. Mm-hmm. You know, that's ultimate five. But, man, this is so solid. And I want to watch it again. It's been a long time since I had. But I'm, a, I'm giving it a four. Okay. Yeah. That, that, that's fair, man. I, I, uh, I don't think it's that good. Uh, and, and like I said, I, I just I wonder uh, if I didn't have this nostalgic component, what I'd really think of it. Um, and then there is... You know, probably 15 minutes of fluff in this movie where it's, you know, why why are we watching this, you know? Oh, yeah, the driving and walking into right. work, you know, it could have been cut, absolutely. Right. And that, and that that's why it's not perfect. Yeah. You know, it's like, but I'm, I'm able, I'm giving myself the separation no, of the nostalgia. It show. I mean, you're looking at the work of a master of horror here. Right. John Carpenter is, is a legendary, and this is one, this, this movie is one of the reasons why he is so legendary because of what he did here and how, what he worked with uh, to produce this. It was, it's a, it's a great effort. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and for me, it's like, okay, the fluff I, I can get past. And, and yeah, those are the, those little things that, that don't make it a perfect movie. Uh, it, but it's still, to me, like a must-watch in a in any horror movie fan's library. I mean, oh, absolutely. It, it, I would agree. You would have so much fun with this. Is it going to yeah. be your favorite all-time? Hell no, it's no, not. No, no. Because there are other better ones out there, but there are not a lot that compared to this one. Does that make sense? Oh, uh, yeah. I, I get what you're saying. Totally. So. That's where I'm at. So I'll sit at a four. And that's a solid score. I need a three yeah. for it. Um, next week, we are talking about a, uh, a horror movie straight from Wisconsin, Green Bay. It's called Gags oh, yeah. the Clown, which you can that's find right. on 
what Amazon Prime for free. So we're going to have special guest uh, Kessler back in with us. A fourth time with him, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And, and he still hasn't watched your Veronica. No, he still hasn't, right? huh? Yeah, he oh. says he's watching it tonight. Yeah, he's 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 got it, huh? Yeah, he's looking forward he's to it. He's got the DVD. Huh? I'm, I'm sure he is. He can oh, come yeah. talk and to me about I, it. We forgot to mention your uh, new book's available. It's called? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, Siberian Incident 2. Yes, that is available. Siberian <laughs> Incident 2. Is is the first one still available, yep. too? Uh, yes, it is. All right, get both mm-hmm. of them, especially if you need some good reading material, for sure. You can check it out on Amazon. Yeah. And uh, everybody, have a wonderful weekend. Don't forget to rate and review us. Go get Andy's book. And uh, thank you so much for listening. Stay safe out there.